Chapter Five of Beyond These Voices. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Beyond These Voices by Mary Elizabeth Braddon. Chapter Five. When a woman's imagination, still young and ardent, begins to find the things of earth as Hamlet found them weary flat stale and unprofitable it is only natural that she should turn with a longing mind to the life that earth cannot give the something unseen and mysterious that certain gifted individuals have attributed to themselves the power of seeing vera after six years of marriage six years of unlimited wealth and unconscious self-indulgence had begun to discover that most things were stale and some things weary and all things unprofitable and then to a mind steeped in modern poetry and modern romance and the modern music that always means something more than mere combinations of harmonious sounds there had come a yearning for the higher life the transcendental life that only the elect can realize and only the earth-weary can ardently desire francis simeon was the philosopher to whom she turned with unquestioning faith for even those who had spoken lightly of his creed and of his reasoning faculty had admitted that the man was essentially sincere and that the faith he offered his followers was for him as impregnable as the rock of holy scripture he was announced on the following day as the clock in vera's morning-room struck three a punctuality so exceptional as to seem almost uncanny when compared with the vague sense of time in the rest of her acquaintance she received him in a room where there was no fear of interruption her sanctuary more library than boudoir where the books she loved her poets and novelists and philosophers in the bindings she had herself invented filled her bookcases alternating with black-and-white portraits of the gods of her idolatry browning tennyson byron scott de Musset, heine henry irving Gonon. only the dead had place there the dead musician the dead poet the dead actor it was death that made them beloved and longed for they had gone from her reach forever and it was this sense of something forever lost that made them adorable mr simeon looked round the walls with evident admiration i see you prefer the faces of the noble dead to watercolor sketches and majolica plates he said divine books divine faces those are the best companions a woman can have i spent a good deal of my life in this room vera answered i have no children i suppose if i had i should spend most of my time with them i should not have to choose my companions among the dead you have chosen them among the living mr simeon answered in a voice that thrilled her do you think that tennyson is dead he who knew that the whole question of religion hinges upon the afterlife immortality or a godless universe or browning who has gone to the very core of religion whose magnificent mind grasps the highest and deepest in divine love and divine power such spirits are unquenchable this rag of mortality upon which they hang 
must lie in the dust but for the elect death is only the release of the immaterial from the material the escape of the butterfly from the worm you have the assurance from the lips of christ god is the god of the living and for those whose existence on earth is only the apprenticeship to immortality there is no such thing as death this was the chief article in mr simeon's creed hinted at but not formally stated in his contributions to the magazine which he edited he claimed immortality only for the elect for those in whom the spirit predominated over the flesh to vera there was no new idea in his exposition of faith she had a feeling that she had always known this from the time she stood beside shelley's grave in the shadow of the roman cenotaph and that other grave under the hill the resting-place of shelley's adonais the thought of corruption had been far from her mind albeit she knew that the heart of one poet and the wasted form of the other were lying in the darkness below those spring flowers on which her tears were falling and it was no surprise to her to hear a serious man of sixty years of age declare his faith in the unbroken chain of life i saw that you were not one of those who scoff at transcendental truths mr simeon said after a few minutes silence i read in your eyes last night that you are one of us in spirit though you may know nothing of our creed you must join our society your society yes madame Provana. we are a company of friends in the world of sense and in the world of spirit the majority of us have crossed the river as corporal substance they have ceased to be their dwelling is in the starlight spaces beyond acheron for the common herd they are dead but for us they are as vividly alive as they were when they walked among the vulgar living and wore life's vesture of clay they are nearer to us since they have passed the gulf and we understand them as we never could while they wore the livery of earth they are our close companions the veil that parted us is rent and we see them face to face vera listened in silence and the grave slow speech went on without a break we have our meetings we discuss the great problems the everlasting mysteries we press forward to the higher life we are not afraid of being foolish romantic illogical we are prepared for contempt and incredulity from the outside world but for us whose minds have received the light from those other minds who have been consoled in our sorrows strengthened in our faith by those influencing souls there is nothing more difficult in our creed than in that of newman who saw behind each form of material beauty the light the flower the living presence of an angel the spirits of the illustrious dead are our angels and our communion with them is the joy of our lives we called ourselves simply us our chosen poets philosophers painters musicians even the great actors of the past those ardent spirits in whom genius was unquenchable by death men and women whose minds were fire and the corporal existence of no account in the forces of their being those who have lived by the spirit and not by the flesh all these are of our company these are the influencing souls who are our companions in the silence and seclusion of our lives 
not by the trumpery expedient of an alphabet wrapped upon a table or by the writing of an unguided pencil but by the communion of spirit with spirit we feel those other minds in converse with our own they teach they exhort they uplift us to their spirit world sometimes in hours of meditation and sometimes in the closer communion of dreams are their voices heard do they speak to you vera asked deeply moved her own voice trembling a little only in dreams speech is material and belongs to the earthly machine it is not from lip to ear but from mind to mind that the message comes and do they appear to you do you see them as they were on earth vera asked the november twilight had filled the room with shadow and the face of the spiritualist the sharply cut features and hollow cheeks and luminous grey-green eyes looked like the face of a ghost only in dreams is it given to us to look upon the disembodied great we feel and we know that is enough but in some rare cases where the earthly vesture has worn to its thinnest tissue where death has set its seat upon the living to one so divested of mortal attributes so marked for the spirit world the vision may be granted such an one may see you have known faltered vera yes i knew such a case in the final hour of an ebbing life the chain of wedded love that death had broken was reunited and the wife died with her last long gaze turned to the vision of her husband her last word was reunited vera was strangely impressed it was not easy for the unbelieving to make a mock of mr simeon's creed the force of his convictions the ideas that he had cultivated and brooded upon for the larger part of his life had so possessed the man that even scoffers were sometimes moved by his absolute sincerity and found themselves as it were unawares treating his theories almost seriously for vera in whom imagination was the greater part of mind there was no inclination to scoff but rather a most earnest desire that the spiritualist's creed might be justified by her own experience that it might be granted to her to sit in the melancholy solitude of that room with a volume of browning on her lap and to feel that the poet was near her that an invisible spirit was breathing enlightenment into her mind as she read the dying words of the beloved apostle in a death in the desert which had been to her as a new gospel and to know that when she raised her eyes to the portrait on the wall it was not dead but the living upon whom she looked this was involved in the creed of her church the communion of saints were not the gifted who had lived free from all the grossness of clay from the taint of earthly sin worthy to be numbered among the saints and like them gifted with perpetual life perpetual fellowship with the faithful who adored them when he left the great silent house mr simeon knew that he had made a proselyte though vera had said little it was impossible to mistake the fervour with which she had welcomed his revelation of the spirit world here was a mind in want of new interests a heart yearning for something that the world could not give she sat by the dying fire 
in the gathering darkness long after her visitor had left her yes this had been her need of late something to think of something to wish for her life so overfull of the things that women desire pomp and luxury troops of friends jewels and fine clothes the too much that money always brings with it had vacant spaces and hours of vague depression in which the sense of loneliness became an aching pain End of chapter five